Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Um, so for this week's episode, I wanted to preview the NBA playoffs. Uh, the season ended yesterday, so we'll have uh, the play-in games, and then uh, we'll talk about uh, the playoff matchups and you know who I have coming out of the West and who I have coming out of the East, and uh, we'll recap who I have winning the championship. I have not changed. I have not wavered my answer. Because, you know, regular season is one thing, but, you know, as we know, uh, things do change once, um, you know, the game slows down in the playoffs and, you know, they exploit certain matchups. Um, so we'll talk about all that today. But, uh, but yeah, thanks uh, thanks for joining me today. So the play-in tournament, um, you know, you get two chances basically to, to make it into the actual playoffs. Um, the NBA doesn't recognize the play-in as a playoff appearance because... Those stats are not kept. Like uh, I think was it Jason Tatum? He made, he scored like fifty points or something in, um, in one of the playoff games or play in games, and they they don't keep it in the record of the regular season games or the playoff games. So it's just kind of like in limbo. It's uh, it doesn't it doesn't get counted towards anything, uh, which I always think is weird. So I guess these are play in, not really the playoffs. Um, so the First game is tomorrow at 4 o'clock Pacific time between the Cavaliers and the Nets. Uh, Cavaliers, Evan Mobley's coming back. You know, he did miss some time. Um, At one point in the season, they were the number one seed. Also, the Nets were at one point the number one seed. Um, But, you know, they they had some injuries and, you know, weren't as consistent, so kind of fell back. Um, And then as far as the Nets go, you know, the whole Harden uh situation the trade and then Kyrie not being able to play but now he can play because they lifted the the mandate so um you know I think the Nets for sure win this matchup here um it just um you know their defense has struggled a lot you know because they they rely a lot on uh Kevin Durant but their bench is they have some big names on their team but they haven't been you know um consistently productive for them at all they've been just kind of no shows for a while like I don't even know what happened uh to Blake Griffin or you know Patty Mills has struggled and you know they um they give up a lot of points you know and that's the issue and that's why for the trade for Ben Simmons they needed Ben Simmons badly not even because offensively but defensively right and then you know this when they got Seth Curry from uh from Philly that was a good uh, uh addition too because you know, Seth was playing really well with Joel Embiid, and he's really found a, a way to, to, you know, be on the court. You know, he was like a few games in the playoffs last year, he was the highest uh, scorer on um, for uh, for the Sixers, you know. So he, he's, a, he's a nice player. He's definitely carved out a nice career and has been better than uh, people initially thought. Uh, but he was also injured, but let me, uh, let me check if he's even going to play. Yeah, he's day-to-day with his ankles still. Uh, ben Simmons is ruled out. You know they still don't have Joe Harris, so they don't have that extra extra shooting right now with uh, with without Curry and Harris. And then you don't have Ben Simmons playing like you know they traded for him, and then then all of a sudden there's this back injury. Like I didn't even know his back was injured. I thought it was all mental and you know trying to ramp up. But at first, I don't know. It's just kind of weird because at first they said. Okay, so you know he's not gonna play against the first uh, the first game against the Sixers, but they said that he was ramping up and he may play against the Sixers. 
And then it's like, oh no, he's definitely not playing. Oh, he'll play this next Friday. And then, and then they just shut him down. And now, now he's definitely out for the play-in. And then there was a report that he might be back for the playoffs. And then Nash uh, refuted that report and it's like, no, there's no timetable. So honestly, I don't think Ben Simmons is playing at all this year, which is is crazy. What is he like? 24 25 like he's still really young and uh brooklyn really needs him they need him bad you know and i think um but i think it would put it would set him up for for failure honestly if they did try to play him so i'm okay with um with them not playing him but i just thought that it was um he didn't have a physical injury but it seems like he's kind of physical and mental um but i hope he can get back to the core and hope he he, he, you know, gets everything straightened out. If that truly is the case and he wasn't making it up, then, you know, I hope he does, um, you know, improve and he's able to contribute to the Nets. Because honestly, with if those guys get Ben Simmons, they don't need to rely on him offensively. They just need him, you know, he could, he could play point. He could guard the, the best uh, the best player on, on the other team and he could get other guys involved. He could definitely, you know, push the pace and... and, and and get other guys the ball when, when they need to. But, um, yeah, and that's why it was an issue in Philly is because Philly needed him to be a number two as far as scoring as well. And they were they were just being held back with him averaging, you know, 16 and 10 or whatever he was averaging. You know, they needed him to, you know, be 24 and 10, you know, get more assists and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's some weaknesses on this Brooklyn team, but... They also have what? What do you think? The second best player in the world right now. I still think Giannis is number one. Um, yeah, there's no way Kevin Durant loses this game. This, if it's a one game playing, you know, you got to win to make the playoffs. Uh, there's no way Kevin Durant loses this. Um, Kyrie Irving has been great because he's gotten a lot of rest. He hasn't played, you know, back to backs or you know that many games. So every time he's on the court, he's refreshed. He's he's well rested. And, you know, he'll drop 40 on your head, you know. So, um, yeah, I just think there's too many too many injuries with uh, with Cleveland. And, you know, they, they haven't been consistent recently. So, um, I'm taking Brooklyn. But I don't know where that leaves Brooklyn after this. Uh, let's see. Next game is going to be the Clippers and the Timberwolves. And so, the Clippers, they have... They have uh, Paul George back. He's been playing well. Um, this team is feisty, man. I, I really like this team. And I, I think if they had Kawhi Leonard this year, they'd be a three seed just because how tough they play. But for some reason, every time Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are are on the court at the same time or playing together, both healthy, they just struggle. And I think they struggle because Paul George is more of like a pace player. Like he has to have the ball in his hands, has to, you know, get his shots up early and you know get into the rhythm of the game and he's not a good he's not a good number 2 option i think he he tends to um, defer too much to the better player and in this situation Kawhi Leonard is obviously the better player but i i really like um i think i said this before this past year was like hey you know if you're Paul George you know you should be happy that you you have the opportunity to be the number 1 option obviously not happy that your teammate Kawhi Leonard is injured and out for the year, but happy that you have the opportunity to show, you know, uh, other players, fans, and, you know, uh, GMs that, that you can be a number one and you can lead a team. But unfortunately, he got injured during the year and stuff, but I still think that Paul George could be a number one. 
Um, he has worked on his game, as I said in this last episode, in this last episode that I had, was that he he has like really worked on his weaknesses in his game. Um, so as far as the uh, the Clippers go, they're a sneaky they're a sneaky team, really. And um, but I do like this Timberwolves team. You know, they're when they're fully healthy. Um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and and uh, Anthony Edwards, and you know, every now and again. D'Angelo Russell, I think eventually he'll he'll fit out. But um, this team, I don't I don't see them as a real contender. But you know, I love what I'm seeing from Carl Anthony Towns. He's um, he's gone a lot more aggressive, a lot more like challenging to other guys because usually he'd put up like you know 24, you know 24 10 or something like that, and um, they would still lose. It wasn't like a dominant you know performance, even when he scored 35, 30, whatever. Um, it felt like you kind of forget he's on the court, you know, it's just like a quiet 30, you know, but now he's like, he's dropping 50. He's puffing his chest out. You know, he's yelling, he's getting, he's getting in guys faces. He's clapping it up. And I know it seems like Anthony Edwards and, and, uh, Pat Bev have, have rubbed off on him a little bit, which I like, you know, I like to see him take that next step. Cause you know, he always, he's always been called soft and stuff and wasn't like taking the mantle. Like, Hey, I want this. I'm the best, whatever, you know, but, now he's he's like he's finally realizing like what he needs to do on the court and off the court with his teammates and you know for as far as chemistry issues go and um and like team morale but that seems like a really close close team they really play for each other um i like them for the future i don't like them in this matchup so i'm picking the the clippers and then let's see so so nets and clippers move on and then after that i think it's isn't it like the teams that lose play each other and then so you get like two chances um so well i'll have i'll have the clippers and the nets making the playoffs either way nope i messed up there is two games in each conference for the play-in so uh the eastern conference they have the so you get two chances you get the um you get the Cavs and the nets the seven and eight spot i just i hate the i hate the play-in and then you get the hornets and the hawks ninth and tenth spot and then for the west you get spurs and pelicans playing each other which spurs and pelicans playing each other for the plane is kind of crazy to me and then you have the clippers and the timberwolves so okay so there's two teams from each side that um they get locked in the playoffs so uh for the east i have um let's see here so i have the nets because they're going to beat the cavaliers once you win that first game you're in if you lose that first game, you get another opportunity. You play the other loser of that other game in your conference, and then the winner of that game gets a clinches a playoff spot. So, so with the Cavs losing, they get another chance. With the Timberwolves losing, they get another chance. So I have the Clippers and the Nets locked in for those games tomorrow, and then on Wednesday, April thirteenth, you have the Hornets and the Hawks, and then you have the Spurs and the Pelicans. Now, I have the Hawks beating the Hornets. You know, just because um, I feel like um, Trey Young, he's been on a tear recently. I know, you know, a lot of their guys on that team. You know, I've been saying like the last two, three years that they're like one of the deepest teams in the NBA, but they're wildly inconsistent. And it's like all those other guys and like they don't show up every night. The only one that's showing up every night is Trey Young. And I feel like there's some there's some locker room stuff there. Because I, I don't know how else to explain it. They had the same team who went to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? 
But then now this year you're in the ninth spot. And the only other thing I could think of is like, first it was like the head coach, they had issues with the coach. And then the whole thing about John Collins and Trey Young came out, but then they like, apparently they squashed it because they went to the Eastern Conference finals. And then uh, now there was like issues again. I don't know. There, there seems to be more going on. It reminds me a lot of the Boston Celtics, like before they got really good this year, uh, where, you know, they just felt kind of stagnant. You know, they felt like they already deserved to, to win the championship when they hadn't been to the finals yet, but they were, had like what three, four trips, straight trips to the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, and I kept picking them like, oh, they're gonna go to the championship, they're gonna win the championship, but they kept falling, failing, you know. And I don't know, and it seemed like it was a locker room thing, and it, and I think it was, it was more of like a coaching thing too, that they got tired of. But um, so I have the Hawks beating the Hornets, unfortunately. I love the Hornets. I just, I really need them to to elevate, right? And I heard there's rumors that they might be interested in Russell Westbrook. Please don't do that because Lamelo Ball needs to have the hands, in, the ball in his hands, at all times. Like if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, like what are you doing, right? And Terry Rozier has been has been really good for them too, um, but they need to. I, I just, I need more from them. I need them like as a four or five seed. I feel like they have the potential to be. They're still like a really fun team. I love their uniforms and. You know, I just they just have um, they have fun players to watch, and I just uh, I really want to see them on on a bigger stage, like Eastern Conference Finals or something. But um, yeah, I have the Hawks winning that game, so they're locked in. And then Spurs and Pelicans, um, I have no idea. The Spurs, like I don't know how they even got to the tenth spot. Um, I love Greg Popovich. This might be his last uh, run. Apparently, there's like rumors that. He might be retiring. Um, Brandon Ingram is out for the Pelicans. Uh, let's see. Zion, obviously. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is out as well. Um, so, like, I don't know. This game could go either way. I guess I'll go with the coaching and pick the Spurs. But, honestly, I could see CJ popping off for, for 30 points or something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. This... Whoever this uh, wins this matchup, they're going to get swept in the first round either way. But that is Spurs clinching their spot. Hawks clinching their spot. And then loser of those games. So the Pelicans would play. See, the Pelicans would play the Timberwolves. And I have the Timberwolves beating the Pelicans just because, you know, Pelicans have a bunch of injuries. And um, Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards. I don't think that they lose to the Pelicans. So Timberwolves make the playoffs. And then as far as Cavaliers versus the Hornets, unfortunately, I love the Hornets, but um, I have the Cavaliers winning that game and clinching their playoff spot. Um, but yeah, like I said, I really hope I'm wrong with the Hornets because they're, um, yeah, they're a fun team to watch, but, but we'll see. So those games are uh, for tomorrow and Wednesday. So we'll start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, right now, I guess when I have Cleveland winning, you know, winning that second game of the play-in, they would be the eighth spot. Uh, play against Miami. Uh, who Miami is the, the number one seed. They, you know, they were at six, seven for a while there. Had some injuries. Uh, got healthy, came back, and you know, went all the way up to one. There has been a there's been a lot of changes to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference uh, this year. Um. But as far as uh, the matchup goes, uh, Cleveland does lead the, the season series two to one. Um, they blew them out in December one eleven eighty five, uh, December thirteenth. Um, 
they you know beat them by a good margin again and then uh miami beat them most recently uh march 11th uh, the thing with the early matchups though miami was you know they they did have a lot of injury concerns and then you know who's made a comeback was i saw this i didn't watch the game but i saw this yesterday was that uh victor oladipo scored 40 points like what I thought Victor Oladipo was absolutely washed, uh, mostly because of uh, you know his major injuries, and then he he kind of fumbled the bag there when uh, Indiana was trying to offer him something. He turned it down, and then he got injured that year, and then he was playing in Houston, and then you know no one wanted him, no one wanted to trade for him. I think he got bought out, or he was like he was like a footnote of a trade on the trade to Miami. But now if he's back and, you know, comes off the bench, starts, whatever, and if he's producing like that, like, man, watch out for Miami. You know, they got Victor Oladipo. Jimmy Butler's going to do Jimmy Butler things. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry getting healthy. Hopefully he can hold up uh, in the playoffs because, you know, he's, what is he now, 36 now? You know, he has a lot of wear and tear on his body. And then, um, you know, Tyler Hero, possibly sixth man of the year. He stepped up, you know, after his bubble performance. He, you know, he's feeling himself a little bit too much. Um, he kind of plateaued. Um, and then you have Duncan Robinson. So they have the shooters. They have the grit. They have the defense. Um, so I'm taking uh, Miami in six games. So they'll move on. And then after that, we have Boston and Brooklyn. Now this matchup is pretty exciting because... Every time they play each other, it's it's a good matchup, and um, you know Kyrie Irving has a history with with the Boston Celtics. And you know what? The only thing that bothers me about uh, this Boston Celtics team is every time they play Kyrie, they're always after after the game, they're always like shaking hands and like dapping them up and stuff. If I'm on the Boston Celtics, if I'm Marcus Smart, I'm I'm saying, man, Kyrie, fuck you, dude. Like you you did not believe in us as a team, and you quit on us. So now every time. We play each other. If I'm Marcus Smart, I'm dogging you. I, I'm I'm Dean up on you full court. Like you're not getting past me. We're gonna shut you down. But they're always like they're trading jerseys. Like they're best friends, man. I don't know why that just bothers me. But sure, you, you can have friends. And then, um, you know, Jason Tatum loves to play against Kevin Durant. I think he wants to. Before, it seemed like he kind of like I don't know, like he was down for the moments, the big moments against. Uh, big players like that but you know never got it done and now like every time they play each other he seems to you know drop 40 or 50 or something so they do lead the season series against brooklyn uh three to one and um i think this is a, a big matchup for them where they're gonna they're gonna kind of gauge where they're at um to see if you know that late season push for the celtics you know defensively and you know jason tatum making other guys better. That was like one of his flaws. I thought was that, um, offensively as a player, like he's going to give you 30 or whatever, you know, he's going to put up his numbers, but he's not going to elevate those around him. And if he's the best player in the team, he has to be able to elevate the same thing with Carl Anthony towns that I've said in the past. Like he, he, he doesn't elevate. He puts up these numbers, but he needs to elevate these other guys, right? LeBron, you can put anyone around him. I know they didn't make the playoffs this year, but most of the time, in his career, he has elevated, right? So that's what that's what I need to see from Jason Tatum in the playoffs now, right? So, um, and we already talked about the issues with Brooklyn and you know their glaring weaknesses and their holes that they have in their lineup without Ben Simmons. They probably can't ramp him up enough uh, for him to play this series. 
Um, so I don't know if it's an upset, but you know, it, Brooklyn feels like a sleeping giant to me. But I just think lately the supporting cast has been too inconsistent. Like I'll take the team with the better player in a one game, uh, in a one game play in whatever. Like I took Kevin Durant over uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, but in a series. And then against Boston especially, because you have Jalen Brown there as well. So just Jason Tatum. They have some some good young stars. I'm taking Boston in six games. And um, I just don't like the matchup for Brooklyn. If they were playing like Chicago or maybe in Philadelphia, I would, I would take them. But just against Boston, I feel like defensively, Boston is going to do a great job. And I think this is going to be... A huge series for uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think this series is going to elevate them and elevate their uh, their stature in the NBA. I think they move into you know that next uh, tier of uh, of young talent because right now it seems like they're tier two, like kind of borderline tier three. But lately they've been you know they've been moving up. So I think this is that series that's going to um, elevate them. And then uh, next matchup is uh, Milwaukee and Chicago. Uh, Bucks swept them during the season series 4-0. And with with Chicago, you know, man, they were the number one seed too at one point. I, I'm going to say that about so many teams in the East. They were the number one seed. They were the number one seed at one point. But they were for a long time too. And um, I've been impressed with them because the way that they did this uh, – they built this team. They built it in free agency in a couple months. And whenever that happens, there's a lot of expectations, right? And usually um, those teams just have a bad year. Like they don't live up to it because these other teams that have continuity that have been playing together for the last few years, they're usually better than these teams where you get a bunch of guys together randomly, right? But I got to give credit to the GM and, you know, the um, scouting personnel. Like they – they really found guys who fit together so well, like a perfect puzzle, right? You know, you bring in uh, DeMar DeRozan, who, you know, now everyone's blaming LeBron for not bringing him to Lakers, but Lakers management did not want to offer DeMar DeRozan more than a three-year contract, right? And now you're like, okay, well, we should have given him a five-year contract because now he's he was playing MVP-type basketball for the first part of the year, right? And, but, you know, and I know his stock was low because, you know, he was in, in, um, San Antonio and, you know, they were borderline playing team or when they went to the playoffs, they got swept. Like it just wasn't consistent, but you know, he learned how to be a better basketball player there. You know, he had a lot of flaws in, in Toronto, like, you know, he'd play well in Toronto, but as soon as you went to like, you know, deep in the playoffs, you couldn't really rely on, on him and Kyle Lowry. For a long time there, Kyle Lowry was airballing, you know, big shots in the playoffs. Or there was one playoff game where he scored like four points. Another one he scored nine points, you know. Like they they weren't they weren't reliable players deep in the playoffs. And then after um, you know, they kept losing to LeBron, they called it LeBronto, you know, they broke that team up and then they won with Kawhi Leonard, and then then Kyle Lowry all of a sudden became clutch. He didn't like it, the pressure wasn't it was never too big for him or moment wasn't too big for him and then Demar Derozan you know they sent him into San Antonio had a bunch of issues you know was like man you know he felt like he felt cheated he felt lied to by Masai Ujiri uh, but really he he went to uh, basketball school you know uh, Greg Popovich 
I think he's the greatest coach of all time. I think he he really taught him how to get other guys involved and you know didn't force him to to shoot three pointers like these other coaches were gonna do. He's like, okay, you know what? You're like you kill in the mid range, like just do that, but just excel at that. And you gotta get other guys involved because you know he he didn't average a lot of assists, you know, so he, he had a lot of limits to his game, but but he was still an all star, right? So but now he's at that next level where he can lead a franchise to a deep playoff run, I believe. But but you know, I think I think they have too many injuries. You know, Lonzo Ball, they really need Lonzo Ball. And uh, he's out for the rest of the playoffs. I think it's um, bad luck injury rise for the uh, the Chicago Bulls, but I'm excited to see what they do next year. But um, I have I have the Bucks in five. I think uh, Giannis he um, he could be the MVP. I think it's going to be Jokic. But right now, for me, my standings, like I said last week, it's Jokic, it's Giannis, and then it's Embiid. Giannis has been inconsistent. All year, sorry, not inconsistent. He's been a consistent force all year long, and now you know because before he was just scratching the surface, right? And he had some playoff, some late game playoff meltdowns, and you know you could tell it really affected him. And I just felt bad because he's like he's such a um, perfect superstar. You know, he had the way his origin story is like where he came from, and they started playing basketball late, and he's just an overall. Good dude. I love rooting for Giannis. Um, he's fun to watch. And he's just, he looks like he's just enjoying life, man. Like nothing brings him down. It's like, yeah, man, I'm the Greek freak. I'm having a good time. I'm making millions to play basketball. I help my community. Like he could do no wrong. You know, he's just like um, such a, a, a great, great superstar and great role model. Um, so, you know, but he just hadn't won it yet and it didn't figure it out in the playoffs. But then now, you know, he's even better than he was last year. He won finals MVP last year. And now he's going to be at that point where he's going to be putting up the same numbers every year. And you can say that he's MVP every year and, you know, he might not get it every year. People might, might get tired of the story, but Jokic is, uh, I think he's my, he's my MVP right now. But, um, but with Giannis, yeah, he, He's the best player in the series. In this situation, I'm picking the best player in the series because of his his supporting cast. Um, I really hope he never leaves uh, Milwaukee. At first, I wanted him to go to the Warriors, but now I'm like, you know, why don't you stay in Milwaukee? You fit it perfectly. You guys won championship, finals MVP, and like everyone loves you there. You're the best. You're like the favorite sports hero there. You know, people are are done with Rodgers, even though he's still there. Um, and then the next matchup. Uh, Philly and and Toronto. This is a very interesting matchup because um, you know, much like much like Boston and Brooklyn, I didn't like that matchup for Brooklyn. Now, you know, we're talking Philly and Toronto. I hate this matchup for for the Philadelphia Sixers. And you know, these were the teams where that big trade happened. People were talking about Brooklyn. Oh, you know, um, they're going to the finals preseason. People were saying, oh, it's going to be LeBron versus. KD, Lakers in, in Nets finals. Lakers not even making the play in. I have Brooklyn losing the first round. Now with Philly, people were saying, oh, we got Harden and Embiid, modern day Shaq and Kobe. Okay, that's fine. You could say that. They're, they finished uh, 51 and 31. Um, and But the Raptors led the season series 33 to 1, right? And there's another interesting 
point here is that teams that go to Toronto to play in the playoffs, they're required to have a vaccine. So Matisse Thibel from the Sixers, he's not allowed to play in Canada at all. So he's not even allowed to travel. He can't even get into the country. So with that, when that happens, when they're playing big games in Toronto, the Sixers are in a um, they're in a desperate situation. They need to make they need to go to the finals to keep James Harden engaged and to keep Joel Embiid happy. Like if they lose, they need, they need to barely lose in the finals. But I just I don't see that happening honestly because they're in a they're in a tough spot. They had to trade Ben Simmons, and I think they needed to do it for James Harden because of his style of play and because of Embiid's style of play that it could it could be a good matchup. But the window, you know, you had a bigger window with with Ben Simmons, honestly, even while you had him on the team when he didn't want to play. But now you're kind of like limiting your window. You have a smaller window now, like probably a higher ceiling, but you have to re- you have to rely too much on James Harden, especially in this series with Matisse Thibel being out cuz, you know, Matisse Thibel, he can get you he can get you 30, right? You know, some games he pops off randomly, but you know, he he's a, a good help for these guys so that you don't have to fully rely on James Harden because that's that's what kind of scares me about the situation is that you know they're gonna need James Harden to you know score twenty five, you know each game. You know they can't have him, you know scoring nine or or shooting three eleven from threes. You know because Embiid's gonna he's gonna put up his numbers. He's gonna have big MVP type numbers. Um, you know during this series, but if Tobias Harris isn't finding his shot and you know they're kind of and Harden is you know just trying to take step back threes and. And you know, throwing up bricks and not getting other guys involved, and a lot of uh, a lot of standing around watching the Harden show, then they're done. You know, I think, you know, um, Philly is like, you know, they have basically two years of this, maybe three, but Harden has clearly lost a step, as I said on my last uh, podcast, was that, you know, he hasn't really taken care of his body. He's if you look at pictures compared to what he was in Houston to now, he has ballooned. His body has swelled up, and he's a lot slower, and he's just like, sometimes it looks like he's just dogging it. Like, he doesn't put full effort into his workout regimen or anything. Like, he's just clubbing and eating, and then he goes back to the gym and just hoops, and, like, that's it. But it's clear he's lost his first step, right, like, to me. And... You know, like they were gonna give him that big contract extension when he traded, but then they like they missed a deadline, which I thought was kind of weird. So, you know, they weren't able to give him that max contract, which I think is a blessing in disguise, because now I think he's under contract for like two years. But now they can see how he's gonna play in the playoffs, and then if they decide like, hey, this isn't good, just trade him again. Who cares? And try to get as many assets as you can. But if you do win the championship this year or maybe next. Then it pays off, but I just I don't see this team uh, winning a championship with Harden as your second best player. Honestly, like I just I you can't rely on him. And this the way this team this Raptors team is built, they're tough defensively. They don't have like Pascal Siakam's like probably their best guy or or, or Fred VanVleet, but. They're not like they're not superstars, and then you have Scotty Barnes, who's a rookie, and like together they're just like a cohesive unit. And defensively, they're tough. 
Nick Nurse is a great coach. We saw what he did to Steph Curry in the NBA Finals. Um, I think it'll be a lot worse for James Harden than Steph because um, Steph moves a lot without the ball, and you know Harden doesn't that much. So um, honestly, I have I have Toronto in uh, in six games, uh, beating the Sixers. And then let's move on to the Western Conference. You would have uh, Phoenix Suns, 64 and 18, uh, playing the Clippers, who are uh, 42 and 40. Uh, but the, the series is tied. The regular season series is tied 2 2. Uh, most recently, uh, the Clippers beat the Suns. I think that was without Chris Paul, though. Um, and then Phoenix beat them in February and then um, and January. But uh, overall, you know, I think the Suns are. Uh, they're the best team in basketball. They've been the most consistent all year, right? Um, you know, less than 20 losses, 18 losses on the year. Um, but this uh, this Clippers team, I, they're feisty. They don't they don't back down from anyone. Um, the thing with the Phoenix Suns is, uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, a lot of star power there with uh, Devin Booker, who's had a great year. But you know, as I said. Last episode, the reason why he's on MVP is because uh, Chris Paul is on the team, and Chris Paul is the one that elevates and and gets the engine going. Um, so with him between him and Chris Paul, and then DeAndre Ayton, and uh, and then Bridges defensively, um, and then you do have a, a pretty uh, reliable bench there in Phoenix. So um, I do think the Clippers put up a good fight, but um, I have Phoenix in in six games. Um, and then the next matchup would be Memphis and Minnesota. Now I know Memphis is, you know, John Morant was a as a hot choice for MVP early on, and and a lot of people liked uh, Memphis is uh, you know us against the world mentality, and you know they're obviously a deep team because they have a really good record without John Morant, and John Morant is still out. Um, I'm a little concerned about his injury. You know, I expect him to be back for the playoffs, but. You know this team has been playing without him for a while, so you know how how are they going to look without with with him? You know, trying to fit in stuff. But um, this team, you know, they show a lot of fight, a lot of grit there. You know, uh, the grit and grind era is over in Memphis, but you know they started a new era uh, where they have a lot of uh, a lot of toughness, and uh, you know Dylan Brooks is is there as well. And um, you know I didn't like the Stephen Adams trade because um, they they had to get rid of Jonas Valanciunas, and I thought. Valanciunas fit their offense better, but um, having Stephen Adams has been has been good. You need a, a tough a tough guy like that um, in your interior defense. Um, but you know, I, I do like Minnesota, but um, you know this this Memphis team I feel like they're poised for um, you know a couple round uh, you know run there in the playoffs. I don't see them making it past the conference finals or even into the finals, but you know maybe the second round. Uh, the series is tied two-two for the regular season, but I have Memphis in five. And then let's see who else. So <clears throat> this next matchup, we have uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. Now I think this series is going to be the best series. I think this is going seven games. You know the the Warriors they've you know kind of tailed off a bit. They're missing Steph Curry. A uh, big question mark with his health. You know, they say he's going to be back. Um, I think maybe they were resting him longer as a precaution. The Nuggets did beat, uh, did win the season series three uh, one. They seem to have their number because no one, 
No one on the Warriors can guard Jokic. Not even Draymond. He's probably a little too small for it. Uh, they needed James Wiseman to really have that interior presence because, uh, you know, Kevon Looney can only do so much against Jokic. And he's inside out, you know, even with, um, you know, the loss of, of Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr., the Nuggets are, are scary. I think they're a sleeping giant in um, in the Western Conference, and you know Clay Clay is back back like he's back to what he was. He scored forty points last night in their season finale. Um, he's had some big games. Had thirty eight. I think it was against Dallas. Um, you know he's had some games where he hit you know seven eight threes and he's back to where he was. You know uh, defensively, I think he's making strides, uh, trying to get back to. I don't think he's going to get back 100% to what he was defensively, but uh, but he can get, you know, very close, at least, you know, 85, 90% if you want to get like that. But, uh, you know, that's my, my biggest concern was his lateral quickness, see if he can get uh, play on, on ball defense. Because, uh, you know, your shot really doesn't go away once you stop pressing. You know, I feel like he was pressing early on, but uh, once you, you know, get comfortable again, you know, your shot, you know, you can get back in rhythm and it, it doesn't go away. You, know, you can shoot forever. Um, but you know, I, I need to see Draymond, Iguodala and, um, and Steph and clay. I need to see them all back together. And then with the emergence of Jordan Poole, I hope the Warriors don't have to rely too much on Andrew Wiggins, but if you can get them, you know, 15, 18, every other game or something, get double digits rebounds, you know, just stay aggressive. Then they'll be fine. Cause Jordan Poole, he, he shows up in big spots and honestly, you know, the window with Jordan Poole, it's small because they're trying to give him a contract extension, but I think he's trying to get uh, he's trying to get paid, you know, in the offseason with another team. And they're, I think they're in danger of losing him pretty much. You know, they, he might go somewhere else if another, uh, another team offers him a big deal because he seems like he's playing for a contract, right? Like, you know, when Steph and Clay are out or if it's just Steph that's out, he puts up big numbers sometimes. Like, he had a... I think it was the streak was like 15 straight games with you know 30 or more points something like that. Um, so with the emergence of Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson finding his shot, we'll see where Steph Curry is, and then if Draymond, you know, is close to fully healthy, and then if they can get uh, Andre Iguodala in certain spots, then I think they'll be fine. But there's a lot of ifs. Like how many ifs did I just ask? I asked like five questions or, you know, I had five statements there that all these things have to fall in place for them to be okay. Um, I, I feel good about, you know, about clay and pool and, um, you know, Steph's health. So I, I still have them going to the championship and, and beating uh, Milwaukee in a, in a six game series. But against this one against Denver, I think it's going to take time for them to get into the flow of things and playing together back in the playoffs, especially for Clay since he's been out for so long. Um, so this series, I, I think it's going seven. I think it's going seven games, and I think um, Golden State wins and moves on. Um, and then the last matchup we'll cover is Dallas and Utah. So, I, you know, I've talked openly about uh, Donovan Mitchell. You know, the last episode I said he passes to Rudy Gobert maybe twice a game. And then he has, he averages three turnovers. So he passes to the other team more than he passes to his own teammate. Um, they've blown a lot of big leads. You know, they had a 15-point lead, 20-point lead. They blew a lead against uh, uh, Golden State, another one against the Clippers. I think they had one against the Suns. And, yeah, so they're, they've had some really bad losses and, like, late collapses. 
where they had big leads and then they just let the teams back in. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is visibly frustrated. I think this team is broken internally. They have serious locker room issues that they never addressed. They just said, oh, hey, we're fine. We're good, right? They're not good. You know, they, I think um, Mitchell is obviously angling to, to get out of Utah. He says, you know, we're, I think he, you know, the small market thing is an issue for him. Um, Rudy Gobert and him have, you know, the different personalities. They don't get along. Um, so with that said, I think Utah is losing to the Dallas Mavericks in five games. The Mavericks, it can be any team that Utah plays. I have, there's no way that this team advances past the first round. Early in the season, before preseason, I think I had them as like the second or third seed because continuity. They brought the same guys back. A lot of, there's a lot of uh, uh, player movement with other teams. And I was like, okay, Utah, they've been consistent, reliable, you know, during the regular season the past couple of years. Like, I think they're going to be top three easy, right? Them and like Phoenix. But, um, they dwindled down and had some, you know, haven't been able to improve. They kind of plateaued and honestly have been worse than, than years prior. And then Luca, you know, if he came into the, the, the year in shape, I think he'd be probably top three MVP race. Um, but you know, that's not the case in, you know, we talk a lot about Jokic and, you know, his, uh, his, his supporting cast, um, Luca, his second best player is Dinwiddie, right? And you know, I think they're they're a better team defensively, as I talked about last uh, episode. I've been impressed with Jason Kidd and his coaching. Got him to a four seed, and because um, you know their issue was they couldn't stop anybody, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Um, you know, they they had to outscore point opponents, and their games were like one forty five to one forty, and Luca dropping forty and twenty or something, forty ten and ten. And uh, that's an issue that, that was unsustainable because you didn't have a second reliable scorer that you could continu- continuously count on other than Luca. But now if your team is, um, you know, you can you can stop some guys and then you have Jalen Brunson and Dinwiddie. Those are the second, third best players in the Dallas Mavericks. So, you know, they're not terrible players, but it's not the supporting cast that other guys have. So like Luca is like, he really has a team on his back and, you know, they need to get him like a... a a true all-star, like, you know, second player to play with them. But, um, yeah, I have the Dallas Mavericks in five games. Um, so we'll recap, um, you know, next week we'll recap some of the first games. Um, but I love this time of the year for the NBA because the playoffs are so exciting. Uh, they last like a month and then it went into, and I guess it gets into June when we get into the finals. So it lasts a couple months there. Uh, but, yeah, I still have – uh, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. So we'll see if I'm right about that. But uh, thanks for joining me. That's all I have for today, for this week. Just wanted to recap uh, the, the playoff matchups and then let you know my thoughts. And we'll be back next week to recap um, the first couple of games. So thanks for joining me.